Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be discussing four ways your 1040 may be able to expose portfolio inefficiencies. Also, what do CPAs think of annuities? Brian's a CPA and an advisor. We'll find out the answer to that question. Also, how your bonds may have lost their purpose in your portfolio and what to do about it in addition to diversification blind spots. My name is Jeff Shade. And as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and president of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Brian, you have mentioned many times over the years that we've been doing this show that advisors should not be giving tax advice. Well, today I want to dive a little bit deeper into what they're doing that could be leaving money on the table. Can you give me a few examples of missed opportunities as far as that goes? Yeah. The reason I bring this up and want to talk about this today is that I keep hearing over and over from people say, well, my advisor, my custodian or whoever said this on taxes and I just find myself cringing. I'm like, well, first off, you're not licensed to give tax advice. You shouldn't do it. You're not supposed to do it. And generally, you're wrong. There's a reason why it's hard to be a CPA. There's a lot to learn. And if you haven't put in the work to do that, it's kind of a just fake it till you make it kind of thing. So yeah, if if you're not a CPA and and you're just licensed as a financial advisor, you should not be given tax advice. And so that really bothers me when I hear bad tax advice because mistakes are made. And so, you know, when I think about it also, even with the CPAs, they're, you know, I'm, I'm talking about investments, you know, tax advice as it relates to your investment. Of course, they're not licensed to give investment advice. So we have this disconnect. Now, a different thing happens when we have this unique combination of pretty rare that your advisor is also affiliated or is a CPA and is looking at it from a different angle. So one of the things that, you know, I always, you know, when I look at a tax return, the first thing is people think, well, you, you can tell my finances from this, right? And I'm like, no, I really can't. I need to do a financial plan for that. I need to do an analysis. Why is that? Well, your tax return does not state the value of a couple things. It does not show money in retirement accounts. Your IRAs and your 401ks are not identified or valued on a tax return. Your real estate that you bought many, many years ago, all I see is income and expenses. I don't see the value, although I can get pretty close probably based on your net revenue and, and so forth, your gross rents and all that. But it doesn't state this kind of thing. So it's it's incomplete at, at best. And because it doesn't show the financial assets, it's hard to draw that out from just looking at a tax return. So when I look at a tax return, I, I see opportunities. The advisors here at Madrona Financial and CPAs, we see things that I would dare to say virtually nobody else sees. And we'll be talking about some examples of that in the show today. And Ryan, we've talked about this before that uh, you there at Madrona Financial and CPAs, you sort of do a 1040 treasure hunt. I mean, you really dig deeply into these 1040 forms, and that's just not something that the typical financial advisor can uh, do. I mean, they're really taking some shortcuts here in giving this advice and taking the chance that they're giving inaccurate advice. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. It is a treasure hunt. And be an example, uh, if I'm looking at a tax return, I see, oh, you got Schedule E income. Oh, it's page one Schedule E, which means it's investment real estate. And so then I look at it and I, you know, I could play around with that and show it to a CPA or a financial advisor. And what do you see here? Uh, I see rent and I see expenses and I see taxable income. I'm like, okay, what else do you see? Well, nothing. 
What do you see, Brian? I mean, I'm, what, what are you looking at? I'm, I'm looking at some numbers here. What, what are you talking about? And I, and I might go, well, I see a lot of things. First off, I see low depreciation or no depreciation, meaning the asset is old, which means probably the taxpayer is old and probably doesn't want to be a landlord anymore. I see gross rents and net rents that I can kind of compute based on gross rents and using a capitalization rate, which is a term used in real estate, as to how much rental income you're receiving, approximately what the fair market value of that property is. Or I can see the address and look it up on Zillow and say, I get pretty close to the fair market value. I can look at net income. I can add back depreciation and go, well, wait a second here. Your net income relative to the fair market value estimated on this asset is incredibly low or negative. I can see where there's no depreciation. It's either really, really old or maybe it's land and we aren't picking up any income. In fact, it's a loss every year. I can see carry forwards, a loss carry forwards. I see the rental loss was limited to $25,000. I know you have carry forwards. I, wow. I'm looking at this stuff going, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. And it could be life-changing because if I'm looking at that and I know you're you're older, you know, I can probably look at the person I'm talking to about their texture and figure that one out. I already know that 80-year-olds don't want to be landlords for the most part, but they don't want to sell their property because of potential income taxes. And I know how to solve that. You know, so I'm just kind of nerding out a little bit here, but I get excited to look at a tax return, which is really weird. I probably need a new hobby or something like that. I don't know. But I really enjoy that, man. Not because I'm, you know, I'm weird, but because I really want to help people. And that's what we're looking for. And I, you know, I'm just scratching the surface of page one of Schedule E. I could do an hour on page one. I could do an hour on page two, which would be your LLCs and S Corps and other pass-throughs. And there's so much to unpack here. And so I just wanted to give a just a little flavor of how our minds can work to somebody's advantage by taking a, a perspective of knowing this stuff and being able to see stuff that other people don't see. Sort of like a financial Rorschach test. I mean, you know, one person's going to see a horse, but then you look at it and you go, I see a horse. It's a gray horse. I see a rider. I see a saddle. I see a farm. I see a fence, all sorts of things. I mean, you really do see things that other people do not see in these tax returns. But let me go back to the basics here, it really comes back to starting with an analysis, right? Absolutely, because that is incomplete. You know, I might be looking at Schedule E again and say, oh, I see that you have a loss, but you were limited to no deduction on it. Well, that tells me I already know that you stayed in that house for at least 14 days last year. <laughs> They're like, what? How do you know that? Well, because more than 14 days makes it a personal use asset and you can't claim the deduction on it. And, you know, there's so much. And, you know, okay, let's talk about a plan for how to turn that into an investment property so you can do a 1031 exchange someday and not pay the income tax personally when you sell it. You know, they're like, what? This is crazy that you know all this stuff. So, you know, I can look at that and then see some things. But when we do a financial plan, we actually ask you, for your age, we ask you, what do we think the fair market value is of this property? We ask you, what is your intent? Do you like being a landlord? On a scale of one to 10, how much do you like or hate it? And, you know, most people go, I hate it. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Do you want to leave money to your kids? Do you want to take care of a spouse and make sure they get a, a lowered income taxes when you pass away? We're going to ask those questions. As I mentioned, a tax return does not show us how much you have in qualified assets, uh, meaning IRAs and 401ks. It's not on there. I can kind of get close if you're at least age 73 and I know you're taking required minimum distributions. I can probably figure it out. But why not just ask and look at your, your statements? And, and so by taking that next step, starting with that tax return, and then leading to you filling out a questionnaire, we can do an analysis that, you know, if you want to hire us as your financial advisor, we do a full-on analysis of what your finances are now, what they're going to be in the future. We'll project everything out have all the nuances built in and then start coming up with the strategies based upon that analysis and that review of the tax return. So there's a lot more to it than just what is on the surface of that tax return. As you said, it really is a discovery process and it involves having a comprehensive conversation with someone to answer a lot of questions before you can get the answers that the people need to help them sustain their wealth for 30 plus years. I want to clarify something really quickly that you said, Brian, I know people who do have Airbnb rentals. They 
bought a property and they rent it out for Airbnb, but they say, well, we go up and use the lake house once in a while ourselves too. And once again, I think the limit, as you said, was what, 14 days that you can do that? Yeah, 14 days. And then you can no longer claim the losses. And when you sell it, it's, it, you can't do a 1031 exchange. It's not investment real estate, classified as investment real estate anymore. And so you might put together a longer term plan saying, well, I probably should review the rules on this and figure out if it's possible to make this an investment property if you have a lot of gains. If you don't, then it doesn't matter. But if you have a lot of gains, which a lot of people do, uh, you want a strategy for how you can, a longer term strategy for how to adjust your usage prior to selling selling it so you can do that 1031 exchange into, say, a Delaware statutory trust. Brian, besides real estate, what are some of the other things that you see on a tax return? Yeah, just kind of briefly, as I look at somebody who's been successful financially, they've usually done it through investing in real estate, in their profession, or in their business. So as a business owner, I'm looking at Schedule C, and I'm, I'm looking at that saying, all right, should we be incorporated? We're taking a lot of maybe liability risk here. Can we save on self-employment taxes by doing a LLC electing S-Corp status? Do we have a succession plan for this business? Does it have a turnkey value? Can we start working on our EBITDA, earnings before interest tax and depreciation amortization, to increase the potential value someday? Page 2 of Schedule E has businesses on it. What's your succession plan with those, and can we improve the value, the sales price of that? If I'm looking at Schedule D, and do I have loss carry forwards where I can sell some assets and offset those and use them up? Uh, Schedule B, I'm looking at dividends and interest and, and saying, all right, are we maximizing our interest income from the, these investments? And do we have qualified dividends, non-qualified dividends? Back to the business owners, is there a qualified opportunity zone possibility here? Can we bifurcate the sale? Uh, you know, you might have a, a business that owns real estate. Well, the the business part, you maybe want to do a qualified opportunity zone investment with, and the real estate part, a Delaware statutory trust using 1031 exchange. So there are so many things to unpack when looking at a tax return and a lot of missed opportunities because somebody like you know ourselves are are not looking at that. Brian, I think this is where the root of wealth analysis really comes in. So let's open the phone lines right now and invite our listeners to request a rooted wealth analysis so they can discover where they may be paying too much in taxes and what they can do about it. If you have a business rental properties or you just have a hunch that you're paying too much in taxes, then call 833-673-7373 right now so you can request a rooted wealth analysis at no cost to you. Totally complimentary. You must have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify. When you call, you're going to get a friendly voice in the other line who will gather some basic information so your local trusted Madrona advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back early next week. Now, this analysis is just an open conversation intended to help you uncover potential problems and inefficiencies before it's too late. For example, what if you were paying more in taxes than necessary? What would you want to know about it so you could potentially solve it and have more income? Remember, even the mightiest of trees can fall if their roots aren't deep enough. That's why the rooted wealth analysis is so very important. We can help you grow deep financial roots so that you're better prepared for future financial storms. Call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your rooted wealth analysis. That number is 833-673-7373. One call can make all the difference. And as a bonus, all those who request a rooted wealth analysis will also be sent a physical copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Discover what it takes to create a comprehensive retirement plan as opposed to your standard, oversimplified, and inefficient plan. Don't wait until it's too late. Request your rooted wealth analysis and claim your copy of Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement today so that you can create a plan that's designed to support yourself and your wealth for 30-plus years. Just pick up your phone and dial 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. I'm Jeff Shade. And we just finished discussing four ways your 1040 may be able to expose portfolio inefficiencies. Brian, it's Annuity Awareness Month. As a CPA, what do you think about what seems to be a very polarizing product? And I'm talking about the annuity. Yeah, I want to talk about the the CPA world here and and what I hear from it, because it is very polarizing. And it shouldn't be. The polarization is a byproduct 
of ignorance. It really is. Mm-hmm. Or greed. Ignorance or greed. We'll call it that. On the greed side, if I'm the firm that says I hate annuities and you should too, it's about greed. They don't sell annuities. They don't get paid if you put money in an annuity. They get paid if you put money in the stock market with them. And so they're going to tell my 85-year-old widow who can't stand to lose any dollars, oh, you need to be in the stock market. You need to max growth and max risk. You shouldn't be in that safe product. You shouldn't be in something that pays you income for life, which is ridiculous. That's a greed function. On the CPA side, I've talked to a lot of CPAs over the years. You know, I'll mention annuities and like, oh, I, I don't like annuities. I don't like annuities. And, and I'll just, I always have my standard response. Tell me more. Tell me why you don't like annuities. What do you know about them? Well, I don't know, but I, I just don't like them. <laughs> Like, that's always the answer. I just, I don't know. So I said, okay, well, you want to claim to be an expert, uh, you're an expert in ignorance. You just told me you don't know, yet you have a strong opinion about something you know nothing about. What's wrong with this equation here? You know, that doesn't make any sense, but I hear this over and over and over. Now, are all annuities good? Are all annuities bad? Absolutely not. Positive and detriments. There are some annuities which I would not touch with a 10 foot pole. I remember, Jeff, you sent me a person to talk to that right, was a right. friend of yours. Sure. And she was in a variable annuity that had incredibly high fees mm-hmm. and had a 14 year lockdown. And I think she was in her 70s. She was in her 70s, right. Yeah, I remember that. And she was going to be like 92 <laughs> before it was liquid. I mean, that, that uh, salesman should be in jail, <laughs> Poor I, lady. in my opinion. Yeah, she, yeah, she said, I'm going to have some great parties in my 90s, I guess. I remember yeah, that very well. I remember that, too, and there was nothing I could do for her. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. Conversely, however, if someone's in a fixed index annuity, I've never, ever heard somebody complain, gee, Brian, I'm getting these checks every month in the mail, and I'm, I'm tired of having to go there and, and look and see another check. And, and year after year, they keep going up, and I understand I can't turn this off. It's going to go on forever. That's the worst. You know, I've never heard that. I mean, that's great. Who wouldn't want lifetime cash flow guaranteed for life that's going up over time that you can count on never running out? And that's an awesome thing. So there can be great annuities and there can be really bad annuities. So it's not whether it's good or bad. It's about not being ignorant about what they can or can't do and putting them in place when it's appropriate for your situation. And as you said, Brian, annuities in whole are neither good or bad, but they may occupy a good part of someone's portfolio if it fits. So, Brian, can you tell me a brief story about how an annuity benefits someone's quality of life? Absolutely. So most people, if you're with a big box investor or strip mall investor, uh, investment advisor, you are in some sort of 60-40 stock bond split. And when you're looking at the most important thing in retirement, I can survey all all my retired clients. What's the most important thing? Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. I want money to spend. And so I said, okay, well, how's that cash flow working for you on your stock market portfolio? And they're, well, not so good. And the reason for that is that the average dividend of the S&P 500 is between 1% and 2%. The average fee that these people charge uh, is between 1% and 2%. So when you take 1% and 2% minus 1% to 2%, you end up with real close to zero. How do you live on zero? That's your 60% of your portfolio produces essentially zero to a half a percent a year. So for every million dollars, you're going to net five grand to spend. That is not a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not even close. I need income. I need income for my pensions. I need income for my annuities. I need income from dividends, can be that, but you know they're, they're not guaranteed. I need income from rents, REITs, Delaware Statutory Trust, uh, different sources, alternative investments. I need income. And the stock market alone, the index alone after fees is not going to do that, even, even if you did it yourself. And you said, well, I'm going to earn my 1% to 2%. Well, that's still probably not enough to live on unless you have many, many, many millions of dollars. So I got to solve for income and I can't do it with the tools that are being used by most investors that are invested with, again, the big box football stadium named uh, companies and uh, the strip mall advisors. 
And Brian, as you said, an annuity can be a, a really viable part of someone's portfolio, but an annuity is not a retirement plan. I mean, it really does take a village, and annuity is just part of it. That's right, because annuities aren't as liquid and they don't grow as much as, as other investments can. But by piecing together many different income-generating investments, including annuities, annuities are, are kind of a go-to for that one, and that's why we use it, uh, fixed index annuities with guaranteed lifetime income. And so we often use that for retired people because that's a place I can go to get uh, the income part of the goal accomplished to some degree. But it's, again, a tool in this toolbox. I want to also solve for growth and liquidity and, and other things like that. And so I, I use other products for that piece. And we just happen to have more offerings in, in all these different areas than probably anybody listening to the show can achieve through using their current financial advisor or on their own, which another point there is uh, you can't just go out and purchase an annuity. Mm-hmm as an investor, a do-it-yourself investor, you're not allowed to. It's not that it's not something that you, you want to do. You can call an annuity company and they go, well, we can't sell you an annuity. What do you mean? You're the biggest annuity uh, company in the world. Why can't you sell me an annuity? Because you're not insurance licensed. And they can only sell through insurance licensed people. You can only buy a Delaware statutory trust through an investment advisor, licensed investment advisor, a qualified opportunity zone, a universal life or, or something like that. Uh, a lot of these products, uh, private non-traded REITs too, uh, a lot of these products you can't access as a do-it-yourself investor. So that's why we talk about them on the radio. Brian, this is where the Rooted Wealth Analysis comes in. Let's open the phone lines right now and invite our listeners to request their Rooted Wealth Analysis so that they can see which income strategy would be best for their situation and to create a retirement plan that could last 30 years or more. So if you're retired or you want to retire soon, then call 833-673-7373 right now so you can request a rooted wealth analysis at no cost to you. It's totally complimentary. You must have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify. And when you call, you'll get a friendly voice in the other line who will gather some basic information from you so that your local trusted Madrona advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back early next week. Now, this analysis is an open conversation intended to help you uncover potential problems before it's too late. For example, what if you could retire today? When would you want to have that information? Remember, even the mightiest of trees can fall if their roots aren't deep enough. That's why the Rooted Wealth Analysis is so very important. We can help you grow your deep financial roots so that you're better prepared for future financial storms. Call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your Rooted Wealth Analysis. That number to call, 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. One call can make all the difference. Well, Jeff, that reminds me of a call I had this week with one of my advisors, and he met with an elderly gentleman who had a lot of rentals and was tired of being a landlord. Uh, his daughter said, but we're not going to do a DST because he's making X percent. And I happen to know that you know, as a rental landlord, you don't make 8% net profit. And that's what she thought. And I said, can we get a copy of that tax return? And I got the tax return. I sent it to one of my CPAs, and she knows which analysis to do. Sent it back to me. And I told him, I guarantee you, it's no more than 1% or 2%. It's not going to be 8% net to the bottom line. Sure enough, it was 1.7. And so she had convinced her dad not to make his life better. Hmm. And then I was able to come back based on that tax return and say, not only can we make your life better, we can more than double your cash flow. And so that was, <laughs> I already knew that. I had not even met them. I hadn't yeah. looked at their tax return. I already knew the answer because I know you can't have a $500,000 rental house and get 6000 a month in rents. That doesn't exist. And that's basically what she was saying that he did. But once we looked at the tax and we found out that is absolutely not the case. That's a good story, Brian. That's where experience comes in. As a bonus, all those who request their Root of Wealth analysis will also be sent a physical copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Discover what it takes to create a comprehensive retirement plan as opposed to your standard, oversimplified, and inefficient plan. So don't wait until it's too late. Request your Rooted Wealth Analysis and claim your copy of Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement today so that you can create a plan that's designed to support yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. Just pick up your phone and dial 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. 
If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. I'm Jeff Shade, and we just finished discussing four ways your 1040 may be able to expose portfolio inefficiencies and what CPAs think of annuities. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry. We're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. You'll get this show in weekday takeaways so that you can stay on top of your wealth and how to grow it. We're going to take a quick break, Brian. When we come back, we're going to be discussing how your bonds may have lost their purpose in your portfolio and what to do about it. Also in the next segment, we'll take a moment to dive into diversification blind spots. Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about how bonds may have lost their purpose in your portfolio and what to do about it. Brian, I just read that bonds are now positively correlated with stocks. First, can you explain what that means and why it raises concern for stock bond portfolios? Well, that's an interesting comment, positively correlated. The year before, they might have been negatively correlated because actually bonds are non-correlated to the stock market. So, for instance, if the stock market goes up in a given year, a lot of people think, well, bonds must go down or vice versa. That would be a negative correlation. But that's not the case. It's random. And so what we had last year was they were positively correlated to the stock market. Uh, the stock market had a, a big drop in 2022. The bond market had a big drop in 2022. So they were positively correlated. And so that's something to understand about, you know, when you're deep diving a proper investment portfolio, you want to understand correlations. What happens in a bad market? What happens in a good market to my asset class? Or is it random like bonds are randomly correlated or non-correlated with the stock market? So Brian, give me an example of why bonds are so heavily used in a portfolio. Well, that's kind of interesting question because if you add up all the value of all the stocks in the entire world and put them in a pile, you sold them all at their fair market value today and put that that pile on one side, and then you did the same thing with all the bonds in the world, the bond pile would be bigger. It is the biggest investment class in the world. But here's what I see happening is that people go to, again, big box advisor, 401k advisor, strip mall advisor, and that advisor says, well, we're going to have 60% in stock market. We're going to do 40% in bonds to lower your risk. So this is your fixed income portfolio. And this is the protection piece. And you go, oh, okay. So they're protected. That's, that's great. So I don't have to worry about it. I got security when I buy bonds. So that's how they've been used for generation now in portfolios. But what happened? 2022 comes along. And they got clocked. And so, you know, I, I can imagine that meeting the next year. And that, Now, Mr. Advisor, you told me I had protection over here. I don't feel that protected with my double-digit loss in my safe part, supposedly, of my portfolio. What in the world did you do to me? And so I'm, I'm glad I'm not part of those meetings. we got to have alternatives for that. And, and I've recognized this for years, that bonds are not the end-all, be-all for security. In fact, they're not secure at all. We've been talking about this on the radio show for years. Mm -hmm. and, and sure enough, last year, massive losses for people in the biggest asset category in the world. And so, you know, I think more people should listen to the show. For <laughs> That's maybe one takeaway there. Right. And so bonds were not the panacea for security. In fact, they caused insecurity for millions, tens of millions of investors across the United States. Brian, what are some of the options besides bonds to consider in your portfolio? There are so many good options besides bonds. Let's take an option such as uh, the insurance industry, because uh, as we talk on the show, there's six places you can put your money. You can put in cash and cash equivalents and put in bonds, equity, stocks, real estate, alternative investments, and insurance company products. So the insurance company has come along and said, well, we can supply security. We can put you into a fixed annuity or a fixed index annuity that actually has a floor, a floor of zero. You can't go backwards. You can't go into loss space. So anybody with a fixed index annuity last year, you know, I've had tons of these conversations and they say, 
I didn't make any money on it last year because it hit the floor, but I didn't lose any money. And everybody I know lost a lot of money in their stocks and bonds. Exactly. So the annuity did exactly what it was supposed to do. It can be an amazing bond substitute because it actually has a contractual floor of zero. I don't have time to get into all the, the other alternative investments that we would use as bond substitutes. And they aren't just direct bond substitutes. They're a substitute for part of the 60 that's in the stock market, a substitute for part of the 40 that's typically in a bond portfolio investment. And so we use many, many different areas, all with different correlations to the stock market and the bond market to build a proper financial investment plan. Brian, even though you said bonds make up a very huge asset class out there as far as choices go. It sounds like diversification is really the key here. And bonds are really not a major part of a portfolio, but they're just one part of it. They should be just one part of it. They are a major part of many portfolios. And that's one thing I want to, you know, just have that awareness. Look at your portfolio because, you know, most people that I ask, what are you invested in? They, you know, they don't know. They, they just know fidelity. No, you're not investing in fidelity. That's a private company. That's just custodian. They're just the holder of, of your investments. What are your investments in? And they, well, I'm diversified. I've got thousands of bonds or I, you know, thousands of stocks. Well, that's not really diversification. That's a start, 101 kind of thing, but that's not really what we're talking about here. Are you diversified in those six areas that I talked about? You know, your, Again, your liquidity with your cash and cash equivalents, your stocks, your bonds, your real estate, whether it's active or passive, your annuities, whether they're just safe investments or lifetime cash flow types and your alternative investments, uh, private non-traded REITs, DSTs, qualified opportunity zones, all this different thing. So there's so many places we could be working with, but you might be scratching your head. Well, how come my advisor doesn't talk about this stuff? And they don't know about it. They don't have access to it. Their company doesn't offer it is often the case. Most strip mall advisors and, and big box advisors will never talk about a fixed indexed annuity. They won't talk about a DST. They won't talk about half of the stuff we talk about on the show. So they, they just don't have those options where they work. Brian, can you help me understand uh, portfolio makeup through the different stages of life? Oh, sure. Let's start with, uh, say, your 401k, your retirement account investments, and you're 30 years old and you're going, well, gee, I'm not going to touch this for 30, 40, 50 years. I, I think I can write out any, any ups and downs in a market. What would be my best outcome? Well, you want to take risk. Risk and return, you know, the higher the risk, higher the return over time if you can ride things out, which you may not be able to do if you're already in retirement. And so what if you have a lost decade, a decade where your risk investments just bounce around and don't go up overall? Does that matter that much? No, well, it doesn't if you're 30 because probably the next decade it'll be way up. And so, you know, if, if I'm advising Brian Evans, uh, if I'm talking to my 30-year-old self, I'm saying, you know, load up on risk, buy as much stock in real estate and alternative investments, private equity, buy it all. Just get in and take max risk. Do not buy an annuity. Don't buy universal life, maybe. Well, actually, that might have been a good call there, actually, with the life insurance. But don't buy bonds. Don't do any cash, CDs, forget all that stuff. Go for it. Well, in retirement, I don't have the same conversation with 60-year-old Brian as I would have 30-year-old Brian. 60-year-old Brian needs to back off a bit because 60-year-old Brian doesn't want to work, <laughs> have to go back to work full-time, or 70-year-old Brian or 80-year-old Brian. That person doesn't want to go back to work. It can't afford a lost decade. It can't afford a market crash. It can't afford to take the risk I absolutely wanted to take when I was 30. And so the construction of the portfolio would be vastly different. So I need products like the fixed index annuities and Delaware statutory trusts and fixed annuities in my portfolio to take some of that risk away from the, the typical 60-40 stock bond split. And if you're not in those things, you don't have access to them, which most big box and, and strip mall advisors don't, then we got a problem. We don't have access to the diversification we need at the time in life when we need it the most in our retirement. Brian, you've mentioned on the show before a lifestyle portfolio and a growth portfolio. Can you tell me the difference between those two things? Yeah, I can jump back to 30-year-old Brian says, you know, I ask him, 
what's the most important thing? Is it lifestyle or growth? I'm going to say it's growth. I want to have a lot of money when I'm older. So I don't, you know, I can live the lifestyle I want to live. And I asked 60, 70 year old Brian that, and it's in reverse. I want a lifestyle plan. I don't need to grow it anymore. I've got, I had enough growth. I need lifestyle. Lifestyle is cash flow. And so I, I want money to spend. So that completely changes based on how old I am. But most of the people that we meet are not 30-year-old. They're 60, 70, you know, that kind of thing. And so they're almost invariably, their primary consideration is I've had enough growth. I want better lifestyle. I want to be able to plan a great life for the remaining years I have, which means it's got to start with a cash flow plan. And I'm not getting it from the investments that I'm in right now. Brian, this is where I think the rooted wealth analysis really comes in. Let's open the phone lines right now and invite our listeners to request a rooted wealth analysis so that they can discover bond alternatives and other ways that they may be able to help lower their overall negative portfolio volatility. If you've got bonds in your portfolio and you want to see other potential options, then call 833-673-7373. Do it right now so you can request your rooted wealth analysis at no cost to you. Totally complimentary. You must have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify. Now, when you call, you'll get a friendly voice in the other line who will gather some basic information so that your local trusted Madrona advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back early next week. Now, this analysis is an open conversation intended to help you uncover potential problems before it's too late. For example, what if you are able to have the same or more portfolio protection through bond alternatives? When would you want to know about these potential options? Remember, even the mightiest of trees can fall if their roots aren't deep enough. That's why the Rooted Wealth Analysis is so very important. And we can help you grow deep financial roots so you're better prepared for future financial storms. So call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your Rooted Wealth Analysis. Once again, that number 833-673-7373. It's 833-673-7373. You know, one call can make all the difference. So, Jeff, I'm often asked by people that don't understand bonds, why do I lose money when interest rates go up? So I want to kind of explain it real real simply here. Let's say you buy a $100,000 government bond that's paying 3%, and it's going to pay it for 30 years. And you go, okay, I can pull that out as 3% for 30 years. That's, that's $90,000 I'm going to get in interest. So why would I lose money? That's guaranteed. Well, let's say a year later, you want to sell that bond. And you go, okay, I paid 100 for it. Someone's going to give me 100 right? Well, no, new bonds are paying 5% for 30 years. And so now we're, we're saying, oh, gosh, 2% times 29 years. Oh, if I sell this bond, somebody's losing $58,000 in interest over the next 30 years that they buy my bond because new bonds are paying more than mine is, and mine's locked. So there's the reason. So now I got to go out there and go, I paid 100000 for this, and you're only going to take a $58,000 hit <laughs> if you buy my bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going, well, I'll buy your bond, but boy, I'm not going to pay you 100000 <laughs> How about I pay you sixty? Yeah. How about I pay you seventy? You go, wait a second. I bought a guaranteed 3% for 30-year bond, and I'm already taking a 40% hit on its value in a year? Yeah, that's what happened. So that's why bond values lose money when interest rates go up, because everybody else's bond's looking a lot better than the one that you're trying to sell. That's a good story, Brian. Thanks for that. Once again, that number, 833-673-7373. And as a bonus, all those who request a rooted wealth analysis are also going to be sent a physical copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Discover what it takes to create a comprehensive retirement plan as opposed to your standard oversimplified and inefficient plan. Don't wait until it's too late. Request your rooted wealth analysis and claim your copy of Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement today so that you can create a plan that's designed to support yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. Just pick up your phone right now, 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. I'm Jeff Shade, and we just finished discussing how your bonds may have lost their purpose in your portfolio and what to do about it. Brian, I recently heard that 50% of the NASDAQ 100 is made up of seven companies. Do allocation imbalances like this concern you? Well, absolutely. But that, you know, it can be a good thing too. It can be a good thing as it relates to the growth part of your portfolio. 
It can be a very bad thing if you look back at 2022 and you say, gosh, those seven companies average about a 30% loss. 30 years I was putting in my 401k plan, I think I just lost 10 years. I lost yeah. a third. Wow. Uh, gosh, that that's a hit when you're getting ready. Oh, I was going to retire. Now I can't because I had all my eggs in one basket. I, I thought the S&P, the NASDAQ, I thought I was diversified. It turns out I'm not really. We call it the S&P 500 or the, the NASDAQ 100. And really, it was the NASDAQ 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're going, well, wait a second here. And they all moved in, in unison. They were all highly correlated to one another. So it seems there's a little lack of truth in advertising there when the NASDAQ 100 is actually the NASDAQ 7. So, Brian, what's the point of diversification if most of the returns hinge on just a few stocks? Well, that's why we have to use other, you know, we talked about correlation earlier in the show, non-correlated assets so that they all don't work in unison with one another in case something bad happens. And uh, again, it can be a good thing. We look at the NASDAQ, you know, technology stocks this year, they're up about 30 percent. You go, I should just be in tech stocks, right? Well, if you had $100,000 at the beginning of 2022 in tech stocks, you lost about 30%. So the 100 became about 70. And you said, well, it gained it back, right? It's Now it's up 30%. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. $70,000, if you increase that at 30%, you're at 91000 now. And so uh, not the 100 that you started out with. And, and is that the kind of roller coaster ride you really want with a majority of your portfolio when you're retired and you're watching this stuff going down and, and your spouse is going, uh, wait a second, what are you doing here? You need to go find a job because our portfolio is getting hammered because we didn't have any diversification. They may not say it in those nice terms. <laughs> they may say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why did you put us in this, you silly man? Uh, more colorful words, but yeah, that's that's a real thing. And so we, we, we don't want to be in that situation if we're contemplating or are in retirement. Brian, I'm one of those people who has what I'll call a pet stock. My father, my grandfather, pretty much my entire family worked for General Motors and my father got it as part of his compensation. Do pet stocks like this get in the way of diversification if people are emotionally attached to them as opposed to vetting what these stocks are? It can. And I don't think it's a bad thing to have stocks. You know, hey, my dad had this company and I I inherited to him. I want to keep the stock. Great. Keep the stock. It's a bad thing when it's most of your portfolio. Mm. So you just brought up a great example. I'm pretty sure if I looked up the history of of that stock going backwards, I'd say, "Mm, this didn't do so well compared to the market, the broad market. And so it's a bad thing when it's, it's a majority of your plan or a big part of your plan that could have been done otherwise. One of the things I, I often do is when they have a stock, a lot of people hang on to a stock for a different reason. They hang on to it because they're in a loss. Mm. And they go, I can't sell the stock, I'd lose money. And I say, let me let you know, you've already lost money. <laughs> that doesn't change. And they say, well, you know, I paid 200000 for it, now it's worth twenty grand or whatever. And I, I need it to come back. And would you think it will? And they, no, I don't think so. I say, well, if you had 20000 today, would you buy 20000 of this stock? And they go, absolutely not. That's crazy. Why would I buy this stock? I hate it, but I, I can't sell it because I'd lose money. I'm like, no, because when you own this stock and you're choosing not to sell it for what it's worth, then you're making that decision every day that you own it, that I want to buy this stock at its fair market value. You could have the 20000 cash, but you're electing to keep the stock that you hate. Well, why don't you think about just moving on? Take right. the loss on your tax return, look at other items that you could sell that are in gain position, offset that loss, and move on with your life and not have to look at that silly stock on your statement every month for the rest of your life. Brian Stock, of course, is in different sectors of the economy. Let's talk about, let's say, six markets to invest in different sectors and uh, the pros and cons of those. Yeah, the the six sectors, pros and cons. Uh, I mentioned cash and cash equivalents. I'm looking for liquidity primarily from that group. Bonds, the bond market, people might say, well, it's non-correlated to the stock market. And as we pointed out on this show, that means it's a 50-50 as to whether it goes up or down when the stock market goes up or down. It used to have really good yields and not so much of late. And so uh, a lot of risk in the bond market. Stocks are primarily for growth. They can do really well if you can leave them alone for a long period of time. 
they aren't good for security. And, you know, short term, I don't know what stocks are going to do. Long term, you know, better idea. And I'm talking decades, not years. I'm Mm -hmm. talking long term. You've got insurance company products can be really good with security and guaranteed lifetime cash flow. Real estate, whether it's active or passive, that can be a, a great alternative to stock market for growth. It can be a very good place to get yield, to get rents, cash flow. And so that's another thing there. And finally, alternative investments. Uh, That's a a broad group of of things like private non-traded REITs, Delaware Statutory Trust, uh, Qualified Opportunity Zone, private equity. These can have many different attributes. Uh, Generally, liquidity is not the primary, though. That's your cash and cash equivalents. Brian, as far as sectors of the stock market goes, I mean, right now, tech is up, communication services is up, consumer discretionary, energy is down, utilities are down. I mean, that's the way it is today, but you really kind of have to look to the future. I mean, even though things are up and down today, could be a totally different story in just a year from now. Well, it's funny you even mentioned all of those because you could have said the exact same thing a year ago, Jeff, just in reverse. <laughs> in reverse, yeah. Uh, see, tech stocks are down 30, communications <laughs> down 30, uh, energy's way up. Uh, you t- it would have been the exact opposite. So you're spot on. We oh, yeah. went through two years where everything that was up is down pretty much and everything that was down is up. It just reversed itself mm-hmm. uh, over the last two years. So, Brian, it really sounds like diversification is the key. And there are a lot of blind spots. There are things that people are missing. Yeah. And as I mentioned that, you know, we go back to pre-COVID, the stock market was at a certain point in time. And boy, has a lot happened since then. We had a global shutdown. We had a stock market crash. The Dow was dropping one to 2,000 points a day. There was panic everywhere in the financial markets. Then we had all this money borrowed and pumped into the economy and the stock market went way up and recovered the losses and it kept going. It was going up. And then the Fed said, oh, we, you know, gosh, we have inflation now. It's transitory. Uh, Don't worry about it. Well, it's not. It wasn't. They were wrong. They were not telling us the truth and they knew it. And so then we had to pour cold water on the economy and bring it down. And after all this stuff that went on, the ups and downs and ups and downs, the market's about where it was before COVID. <laughs> it's just, boy, that's a lot to do about not much in the end, but boy, a lot of consternation in between. Had you been in other areas, you wouldn't be riding that back and forth that we did. And maybe you could be ahead of where a flat market in the end, it, it turned out to be a flat market. And so that can be devastating to a portfolio, especially if you made decisions along the way, which a lot of people did. They sold when it's low, they bought when it's high, and they did it a couple times, and now their their finances are devastated. And Brian, really, that's where that rooted wealth analysis conversation comes in, why it is so important. I mean, you're taking these portfolios and you're holding them up to the light to really look for the weak spots, aren't you? Absolutely. You know, everything's good uh, in a rising tide. All the boats go up and everybody feels good. The point of this proper analysis and uh, the products that we use is not how good we feel when the markets are up. Mm -hmm. It's what happens when we're tested. And I just mentioned, we were tested. COVID tested us. Uh, The borrowing, the the inflation, the recessions, all the you know, Ukrainian war, all, all this stuff was happening and it tested the markets. And if you're looking at your portfolio and you go, gosh, I'm way down, you didn't pass the stress test. Mm-hmm. We can look at our clients' portfolios and, and the thing I hear over and over, and shouldn't I be more worried than I am? I don't, I don't feel all that nervous. I don't notice that we really took a hit here. And it's, it's, Maybe we didn't because we were properly diversified. And they'll say, well, what's going to happen to our portfolio if something bad happens? Oh, you mean like the globe shutting down? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and inflation doubling and and, and tripling? Yeah. You mean like that? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I guess we just stress tested our portfolio. I said, exactly. So that's the conversation that I like to have. And Brian, this is really where this rooted wealth analysis comes in, why it is so very important. So let's open the phone lines right now and invite our listeners to request a rooted wealth analysis so that they can potentially discover a better way to diversify their assets. If you're invested in the market and you're nervous about the next big market crash or the potential of a flat market cycle, then call 833-673-7373 right now so you can request a rooted wealth analysis at no cost to you. Totally complimentary. You must have 
have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify. When you call, you'll get a friendly voice in the other line that'll gather some basic information so that your local trusted Madrona advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back very early next week. Now, this analysis is an open conversation intended to help you uncover potential problems before it's too late. For example, what if you were not truly diversified and you were taking more risk than you realize or were comfortable with? When would you like to know? How fast would you want to address that? Well, remember, even the mightiest of trees can fall if their roots aren't deep enough. That's why the rooted wealth analysis is so very important. We can help you deepen those financial roots so that you're better prepared for future financial storms. Call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your rooted wealth analysis. The number is 833-673-7373. It's 833-673-7373. One call can make all the difference. And as a bonus, all those who request a Rooted Wealth Analysis will also be sent a physical copy of Ryan's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Discover what it takes to create a comprehensive retirement plan as opposed to your standard oversimplified and inefficient plan. Don't wait until it's too late. Request your Rooted Wealth Analysis and claim your copy of Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement today so that you can create a plan that's designed to support yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. Just pick up your phone and dial 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. Brian, just a few more minutes left in our program today. We have talked about a lot of things on today's program. What would you say are the takeaways or the things that you want people to remember from our conversation today? Yeah, I think one of the big takeaways is I talked about, you know, advising 30-year-old Brian. 30-year-old Brian doesn't need annuity, doesn't need CDs, doesn't need bonds. I want to take max risk in my investments because I have time on my side. And so some people might be listening and go, well, I'm, I'm still working. I'm, I'm towards the end of my career, but I'm still working. Maybe I'll come see you later and, you know, when I'm older and, and maybe I'm 65, I'm 70, I'm 75 because, boy, that stuff sounds really good. I would like that stuff when I'm that age. So I'll, I'll come see you then. Well, that'd be a big mistake. When you're talking about things like annuities and so forth, they need time on their sides. They need to season to have maximum effects. So you really need to plan now for that in the future to do what you want it to do. And so if you're, you know, late 50s, early 60s, you're going, well, I, I can still put this off, right? Well, you can, but it won't go well as well as it could. So I would encourage anybody, you know, what's the best time? You know, I would say right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't wait. Don't wait years and years and just put it off. I, I just want to encourage people to understand what their options are. Understand it now. Don't put that off. Even if you think you don't need that stuff now, hopefully you will need it someday. And Brian, it reminds me of that old Chinese proverb, which is when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, the best time was yesterday, but the second best time is today. And I think that really applies to our conversation today. I want to thank you for your time today, Brian, all the great information. I want to thank our listeners for joining us as well, too. And I want to remind them, don't miss a show by subscribing to our Growing Your Wealth podcast wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, I'm Jeff Shade for Brian Evans. Have a great week and stay rooted. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliated entities Madrona Financial Services LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans Inc. PC, Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans. Bauer Evans.